Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Today, I have a treat for you today. I've got Will Richter. He's a senior director at IQVIA. He drives revenue for healthcare technology and med device companies by increasing their sales volumes, reducing their operational inefficiencies, and crushing the competition. Will has the unique ability to find the blind spots in any company's sales process and can turn around a growth plan of action and a winning culture in less time, bringing bottom line results faster. And as we all know, in healthcare, this particular area of expertise is key to the success and the lifeblood of any company looking to move forward with their solution to help improve outcomes. So one company, for example, he served went from zero to $36 million in six years, resulting in the organization being acquired by Boston Scientific. Another company that he built a nationals team for went from zero to 21 million in just 23 months, resulting in massive profits for his stakeholders and improving patient outcomes. So these are a couple of the things that Will has done. And the topic today is really around sales and how to improve that for your company. And without further ado, just want to extend a warm welcome to Will Richter. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Saul. Great to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here, my friend. So what would you say got you into the medical sector, Will? It's actually an interesting story. I, I think I'm a bit of an anomaly. I think some people kind of grow up or at a point in their life where they realize, hey, I want to I want to be in healthcare. I wasn't like that. I was uh, in college, struggling to pay my bills and, and put myself through school, and I had an inside sales job. I knew I was kind of good at it. The success came kind of naturally and quickly for me. And uh, while I was in college, I was in a fraternity and I got to be in a leadership role within that fraternity and work very closely with an alumnus from our chapter who helped us with our philanthropic endeavors and helped us raise money and things of that nature. And so he was such a buttoned up and solid individual. I always wanted to know what he did. So one day I asked him, I said, so what do you do? And he says, well, I'm a, I'm a regional sales manager for a cardiac company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what does that mean? What, is, what do you do? 
She says, well, there are implants that go into, into patients' bodies in the operating room. And I said, is there any way I can be a part of that? I was fascinated. Yeah. So he let me go on a field ride with one of his reps, and she took me to a few cases. And ever since that day, I knew for a fact, being in the OR, seeing these implants go on, I was just fascinated with the human body, these implants, the healing process, patient outcomes, clinical data. The light switch went on, and from that day, I, uh, I did everything I had to to find a way to get into the industry. That is so awesome, Will. And uh, I could hear the passion in your voice from that first time that you got in there, even until now. You know, we've had a chance to really connect here before the interview. That passion is what keeps the lights on for you. Now, with the experience that you have bringing these companies from zero to double-digit millions, what would you say is, is something that health leaders need to keep in the forefront? Like, what's this hot topic that they need to be thinking about? Well, as you know, Saul, today there's a million hot topics. Uh, I'm actually, um, I think I'll just answer that kind of from two sides of the fence. So if you're on the med device, pharmaceutical, med tech side, I think that leaders of those organizations need to start thinking differently and think about how they can leverage AI or some form of artificial intelligence to better manage their supply chains, to their claims processing, and just overall run their organization more efficiently. Because the technology is here now and it's starting to change the game. On the other side, if you're on the hospital side of the industry or in a leadership role within a health system, I cannot stress this point enough. And that is, if you're listening and you're in a leadership position in a hospital, start hiring experts from outside of the industry. Because I can't tell you, I saw, I've worked with dozens upon dozens of hospital systems all over the country, and I've seen a pattern with them all. And that is that someone gets hired into hospital X, they post up for 10, 15, 20 years, and the environment becomes so stagnant and the people become so complacent that the word change kind of becomes like their number one enemy and it's killing the success of the hospital. So my advice to hospitals would be to stop hiring a bunch of academians over and over and over and start hiring business experts who have been successful in the B2B world, bring them in, listen to them and allow them to do for you what they've done for other companies. Some good feedback there, Will. And there's definitely opportunity for cross-pollination, so to speak, of business and, and providers and physicians to really bring about those results that we need. If you're gonna be wanting to have different results, you gotta do things differently. So folks, take a note there from Will. So Will, as you work through the technology you guys offer at IQVIA, maybe you could level mm -hmm. set with the audience. Let us know what, what you guys do there. And then talk to us about how you're improving outcomes and results by doing things differently. Okay, so I'm on, there's the clinical side of healthcare, and there's the business side of healthcare. I happen to fall into the latter on the business side. So with the entity that I'm working with today, we're in the business of consulting with hospital systems to teach them how to think differently and leverage big data to make business intelligence decisions strategically based on facts and data, just pure numbers. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So now we're, we're kind of in an era where hospitals want to acquire physician practices and then own those physicians as employees. Right. But purchasing a, a, you know, a large physician group, as you know, and their patient load is a very expensive endeavor. 
So the physician group will show their side of the accounting books. But if a hospital system leverages our third-party claims data, we can tell the hospital the actual patient volumes. We can show which of those physicians performed which procedures at which locations, how much each visit or procedure bills out at, so that the health system can actually see the real data of what the value is of that physician group rather than just relying on the books that the physician group shows them. Gotcha. So you're, you're providing that, that valuation, those optics to really vet out the valuation rather than just going blindly. Correct. It's, it's really amazing. And you've seen the industry change. Um, we've been in it a long time also. Data is becoming more and more relevant. Everything is being collected. Big brothers kind of, unfortunately or fortunately, watching all of us. So yep. just know that it's out there and that just like companies in the B2B world, uh, hospital systems are starting to leverage it too. Absolutely. Now, folks, uh, again, speaking with Will Richter, he's senior director at IQVIA, walking us through how him and his company over there are helping provide optics for physician practice acquisition. There's been a ton of waves of, of acquisition happening right now. Even payers like United Healthcare purchasing up the physician practices. So there's definitely a big move here. Well, in the experience that you guys have had, can you give the listeners an example of, of maybe a, a mistake or, or a setback and maybe a client of yours or, or you and your firm experienced and what you learned out of it to help the listeners avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just think back to my career as a whole. I've actually have failed many, many times in my life. And I'm a big believer that you are either winning or you are learning. And I don't look at failing as failing. I just look at it as an opportunity to figure out, hey, what did I do wrong? And how can I avoid making that same mistake in the future? Because we're all going to make mistakes, right? And we're all Absolutely. going to fail. And it's really important that we learn from these things. So I'm really big on sales leadership. And I know that's a space you're familiar with too, Saul. Yes. I love it. I live for it. There was a time in my career where I was helping to nationalize a startup company. And although we were incredibly successful right out of the gates, there was more friction going on between myself mm -hmm. and the board that there needed to be. And it was because I let my ego get the best of me because, you know, a lot of people listening to this probably can identify with this. The more success we have, the more it kind of feeds our ego. And it's really hard to keep that in check. And as a result, my ego created a, a lot of issues between myself and the board. And, you know, those didn't really need to happen. And I wasn't mature enough at the time to understand that. So for healthcare leaders, my advice would be to always be aware of your ego keep it in check no matter how successful you are or what role you play because we always have to remain as humble as we possibly can in order to effectively lead people. And the last thing I'll say about ego as a mistake is that <laughs> it's a tricky one, Saul, because ego is the one thing that helps us believe that we can accomplish all these crazy goals we set. Right. But it can also be the one thing that destroys everything we've worked so hard for. So it's a balancing um, act. Just keeping right. Uh, it really just keeping is, our yeah. ego in check. Yeah, that's a great share, Will. And and you know, listeners, as you take strides forward and experience success, it's so important to to reflect on on what Will has shared with us because it is that edge that drives you to achieve the things that you set forth. Right to with 
less resources and all the things that we have to do nowadays in healthcare. And when you achieve them, man, you know, you kind of want to pound your chest a little bit and feel really good about yourself, but take it so far and take a step back. And Will, what would you recommend for the listeners, for us to do to really get our ego in the check? I believe, I don't know, everyone's got their place and their faith and, and, and what they believe in. Personally, my faith has helped me. I've been humbled over the years and my faith has helped me to try to remain humble in the eyes of, of business and to know that I can always learn more and to be open to being coached because I think being coachable, no matter what level a leader is in, we all have to be coachable. Otherwise, we, we shut ourselves off from self-growth. So I think just having faith, whatever you define as faith, and maybe meditating as well, I think really kind of helps people to look inside of themselves and learn how to be more humble. At least it worked for me. That's a really great piece of advice there, Will. And I also uh, enjoy meditative practice and then also journaling for me. You know, I, I uh, one day I was journaling yeah. about a success that I had and kind of, I really, I really hear what you're saying about it getting to your ego. And after doing some journaling, I, I came to the conclusion that, you know, we are not, our identity is not our success. We just happen cool. to have created that success. Let's not mistake it with our identity. And I think it's when we equip, like we basically say our success equals our identity that it gets to our head. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just a little tidbit, I think that, that really helped me really distinguish, you know, between, hey, you know, you accomplished something great, good for you, but it's not who you are. Right. Because if we tie ourselves too closely to that sex or that success, one day it could, the rug could be ripped out from under you. And then who are you? Exactly. Right. That's the other side of it. Right. Right. So Love that's that, why man. humility is, is the way to go as you know. It's a great message. So, Will, take us through your experience. Is there one thing that you'd like to share that has been one of your proudest medical leadership sales experiences? Ooh, that's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is when I was working for an early stage medical device company that manufactured a new implantable spinal cord stimulator. And I was responsible for building and growing a new sales team in the southeastern part of the U.S. And so I've never worked so hard in my life, Saul, but I've also <laughs> never had so much fun in my life. I mean, you're, you're pumping out nice. 12, 14-hour days on the regular, but just the energy and the culture that we had was, was insane. And I felt very blessed to have the opportunity to recruit certain people. And over time, as the organization grew, the people in this southeastern part of the, of the team were just fantastic. I mean, there's no other way to describe these individuals. And as time rolled on, I remember the first time we won region of the year. And by that time, we had already been acquired by Boston Scientific. So there were well over a dozen regions. And you get called out in front of hundreds of people. You go up on stage. And what was awesome for me, this is my proudest moment, I think, as I look back at my career, was to be able to pull all of those individuals, I think it was like 18 at the time, pull all 18 of those up on stage in front of hundreds of people, look to my left, look to my right, and just the level of integrity and the character and the tenacity and the talent that the people on this team had was amazing. And they were the ones that won it. And then over a five-year span, they, they became the number one team in that division's history. I think that still stands to this day. So I was so proud of what they did 
and um, just how badass everything was. It was, it was a, it was a winning culture and we had a blast doing it. That's awesome. Well, what a great story. I felt myself there. I felt like I was on stage with you, my man. And <laughs> sure. so you, you guys got off the stage and you continued mm-hmm. that tradition for many years. So fast forward to now, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing some great things at IQVIA. What's an exciting project or focus that you want to talk to the listeners about? Uh, so right now I'm working with a newer hospital division of this company that has access to a large suite of data assets. So hospitals can leverage uh, this information. And by doing so, they can actually ship market share. So if they're in a competitive market where there's multiple hospitals, by leveraging this, the C-suite of these hospitals can see which of their surgeons are performing cases at competing facilities because they have different affiliations and um, they can, some of them, orthopods and neuros have the right to go ahead and patients and cases to any location that they want. So now by leveraging this business intelligence, the leadership of these hospitals can see where their surgeons are splitting their procedures and do something about it so that they can retain that revenue. Another thing that leadership and hospitals can do by leveraging this data is they can see where their patient leakage is and where these patients are going so that leadership within the hospital can identify where they need to tweak their approach to help keep the patients that they've got. Because as you know, it's really, really difficult to acquire a new patient. So when you get them into the system, you just, you don't want to lose them. As you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting. Overall, well, just continuing to build a suite of optics and tools to help uh, providers make more, more intelligent decisions with data. Correct. That's awesome, man. And it's, it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't just guess anymore. You really, you really have to take data-driven decisions. And folks, I invite you to, to check out IQVIA on their website. The website is uh, IQVIA.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Outstanding. So be sure to check them out, IQVIA.com. They're based out of North Carolina and doing some very, very interesting work to help healthcare organizations take it to the next level. So this has been really fun. I think right now we're, we're getting close to the end, Will. Uh, got to this section where you and I are going to build a leadership course on what it takes to be successful in selling within healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've got four questions, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Let's do it. Awesome. What's the best way to improve selling in healthcare? To get into the mind of your customer and to start thinking like your customer so that you know how to position yourself uh, instead of just trying to uh, cram your agenda onto them. Love it. What's the biggest yeah. mistake or pitfall to avoid? Ever hire a good friend of yours who will be reporting directly to you. <laughs> Love that. Uh, you did I, that I one time, a, it was a bad idea. I was going to say, I sense a backstory to that one. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that one over a beer one day. That sounds good, brother. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? We as leaders have to change with the time. So if our patients or our customers have certain expectations, we have to find ways to meet those expectations and not just keep continuing to do business as usual. Love that. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in a company as it relates to sales? 
this one's easy for me. I would say collaboration because the most successful business environments that I've ever been a part of have always had great leadership that embraced ideas and was actively looking for feedback from the members of the team without judging them and allowed the people to, to give that input so that they can make the right changes for the market. Collaboration. And what's your favorite book, well, that you recommend to the listeners? Being in uh, sales leadership, there's a million books written by a million gurus, right? We've all seen them and read them and there's some great ones out there. But honestly, if I had to narrow it down to one book that just embodies everything that the word leadership means, and you can be in healthcare, you can be in government, you can be in B2B, it doesn't matter. My favorite book by far would be called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Jocko is a former Navy SEAL who served in the Battle of Ramadi in Iraq and uh, on SEAL Team 3. And if you're looking to become a better leader or how to work better as a team and get real results, the best place to look is directly to our Navy SEALs. Outstanding. I have had the pleasure of reading that book. And listeners, it is a really. Oh, yeah, it's outstanding. I couldn't stop. I, I did the audiobook. I do mostly audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't stop listening. It's incredible. He leaves nothing out. He nails it's, it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so listeners, it's called Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willink. It is outstanding. Highly recommend it as well. Will, thank you for that. And by the way, mm -hmm. if you guys want to get access to the Q&A, the transcripts here, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Richter. And you'll be able to find those there. It's R-I-C-H-T-E-R, outcomesrocket.health slash Richter, as in Will Richter. Will, this has been a ton of fun. Time always flies when you are having fun. So if you can, just leave us with a closing thought. And then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with or follow you. Well, I would say that in business, all things are possible. And it's just that an organization has got to make it a priority to get the right leadership into the organization and then put them in the most appropriate roles based on their skill sets. And from there, you'll be able to create a successful culture because success in business is an attitude. It's a mindset. You have to expect to win every day. And if healthcare leaders can develop a culture of accountability and trust, then uh, I believe that everything else will just fall in place. Great and, message, Will. Thank you. And uh, the second part was how can people get in touch with me? Yes. Honestly, it's probably just ping me through LinkedIn. I think the URL is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Will Richter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. And uh, I've got all my contact info there and people are more than welcome to reach out. Outstanding, Will. And, and folks, again, if you wanted to just click on that, just go to outcomesrocket.health slash Richter. And we'll put a link there to Will's LinkedIn profile if you want to connect with him as well as IQVIA's website and the book that he recommended, the syllabus that we put together for you. So, Will, it's been a ton of fun. Really appreciate you chatting with us uh, about sales, key area that we all need to be focused on in healthcare. Looking forward to staying in touch, my friend. Absolutely. You as well, Saul. Great to hear your voice again and uh, have a great weekend. 
Hey, Outcomes Rocket friends. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast once again. As a leader in healthcare, you have big ideas, great products, a story to tell, and are looking for ways to improve your reach and scale your business. However, there's one tiny problem. Healthcare is tough to navigate and the typical sales cycle is slow. That's why you should consider starting your own podcast as part of your sales and marketing strategy. At the Outcomes Rocket, I've been able to reach thousands of people every single month that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach if I had not started my podcast. Having this organic reach enables me to get the feedback necessary to create a podcast that delivers value that you are looking for. And the same thing goes if you start a podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing, and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health slash podcast.